Hi everyone and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live at Love Walk and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I pray that you are well and God is blessing in your life. I pray that he is taking you to new heights. As you know, we come together to read in the Word of God so that we can study and learn and apply it in our lives and also so that we can discover the purpose of our lives. And I want us to have continuing conversations about um, authority and power. I think a lot of times there are many people who, believers, who feel powerless and that's not something you should ever feel. Um, and you know, feeling powerless is unfortunate because we have so much to do in terms of purpose, in terms of what God wants to do in our lives. And so I don't want you to feel purposeless. I don't want you to feel um, powerless um, because there's work to be done. And so we're going to um, go back to Esther chapter three, um, and we're going to read a couple of scriptures that I think is really going to be key and instructive for us. Uh, so we're going to read Esther chapter 3 we're going to read verse 1 to 10 so I want to encourage you to grab your Bible let's read this word together that's Esther chapter 3 verse 1 and 10 and it reads after these things did Ahasuerus promote Haman the son of Hamantatha um, the Agite and advance him and set his seat above all the princes that were with him and all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced um, Haman, for the king had so commanded concerning him, but Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence. Then the king's servants, which were in the king's gate, said unto Mordecai, Why transgressest thou the king's commandment? Now it came to pass, when they spake daily unto him, and he hearkened not unto them, that they told Haman to see whether Mordecai's matter would stand, for he had told them that he was a Jew. And when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, then was Haman full of wrath, and he thought to scorn uh, to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had showed him the people of Mordecai. Wherefore sought Haman sought to destroy all the Jews that were throughout the whole kingdom of Assyrus, even the people of Mordecai. In the first month, that is, the month Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Assyrus, they cast pure, that is, the lot, before Haman from day to day and from month to month, to the twelfth month, that is, the month Adar. And Haman said unto King Assyrus, There is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of your kingdom, and their laws are diverse from all people. Neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore, it is not for the king's prophet to allow them. For it please, if it please the king, for the king's prophet, let it be written that they may be destroyed. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hand of those that have the charge of the business to bring it into the king's treasuries. And the king took his ring from his hand and gave it into Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agite, the Jew's enemy. Now, um, you know, that seems kind of, um, you know, I guess drastic uh, to determine that uh, you're going to wipe out the whole group of people uh, because of one man. But this is literally what um, the scripture is saying in Esther chapter 3 verses 1 to 10. So as believers, we must come back to understanding God's power in our life because the knowledge of it um, is conferred through his word.
And so when we look at these different things that happen um, and we don't know that we have power, then we suffer through certain things. You see, the knowledge of good and evil was conferred to man through obedience to the serpent's word. And so this is why to save us, God sent his word, and that was Christ wrapped in flesh. And we read that in St. John chapter 1, verse 1. But I want to introduce you to John chapter 3, verse 8, because it's really important because the Bible says it was for this reason that the Son was revealed, to destroy the works of the devil. And we know the Son is the Word of God. We're talking about words here. We're talking about understanding. We're talking about a state of knowing. Knowing God's Word makes you the antithesis to evil or darkness. And you gain an authority over it in your members and in your life and in your environment. And that's something we saw in this uh, particular set of scriptures with Haman and with Mordecai. There is this level of, of superseding that happens with Mordecai as a Hebrew over Haman, who is simply, you know, um, I guess, you know, one of the king's princes or one of the king's, you know, um, administrators. So we're looking at authority once again, and we're seeing how that there is this um this power or this authority that one gains. You see, Haman was furious at Mordecai because he didn't have jurisdiction over him. That's really the bottom line there. He would walk past Mordecai and Mordecai wouldn't do anything, wouldn't bow or anything. And what angered him was that he had no power over Mordecai. He couldn't force Mordecai and say, bow for me, because Mordecai wouldn't do it. That's why he had to go back to the king and had to make a new decree or request a new decree. He wanted power over him, as you can see that in verse chapter, uh, in verses five and six. There are people who want power over others, and that's just a fact of humanity and a fact of life. We call it, you know, people have names for it. You know what I'm saying? We all have names for it. Some people call it narcissism. Some people call it being power hungry, or some people call it hegemony. Some people call it racism, or some people call it tribalism. And it is to want or to wield a premacy over someone else. And it is a grab for power or authority. And this can be seen in various instances throughout life and in throughout the Bible when we talk about it, particularly when we look at the idea of Lucifer who fell because of this kind of pride. It's a seeking to lift himself up and exert a kind of celestial hegemony over God and over heaven. This lifting oneself up higher than the authority than one actually has. That's what pride is. Pride is about going above your actual rank. And so God denotes that those who fall into pride often fall. So pride is about you going above your actual rank, your actual authority that has been given to you by God. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 14 and 12. It says something really interesting when it talks about Lucifer. It says, Art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? 
For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend unto heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit also upon the mountain of the congregation in the side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. Now that's Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 and 15. And so we're looking at Lucifer lifting himself above God, saying, I'm so beautiful, I'm so wonderful, I'm lifting myself above God. And here in this very text, we see that it says that he is son, it calls him something very specific. It says, it calls him son of the morning. So he was bright and beautiful like the morning. And yet he lifts himself above God more than what is his station, his rank, his authority. See, Haman too didn't have the authority, so he went to get it from the king. He was so wrathful and full of pride that he determined to destroy a whole race full of people based on his offense against one man from that race. You see, pride lifts you up so high <laughs> that you feel you need more power. But God gives us the measure that we need that won't destroy us or others. That's a lot of illogical offense that Haman had, deciding he will hate a whole group of people just based on one man. Now, maybe, maybe his anger might have been justified if he had been oppressed for 400 years like the Hebrews were under Egypt, or maybe if the man intentionally sought to destroy him without cause, maybe I could understand. But essentially, he sought to wipe him out and his people off of the face of the planet just because one man from the Hebrews offended his sense of ego. You see, a great indicator of pride is high sensitivity. It's okay for you to be harsh with others, but not for others to treat you the same way. Pride makes you want to try to seize or shield or, or grab more power than you require. And you see, God gives people power and authority according to what they can handle, which will not destroy them or others. I mean, imagine if, a, if, if someone gave the fragile and lovely sparrow the speed of a, a fighter jet. He'd probably unintentionally kill himself by running into a building. Or what if God gave an elephant the power to fly? He'd probably land on a house and destroy it or a person and kill them. See, God gives people power that blesses them and others. God's going to give you power that blesses you and others. But Satan is going to give you power to destroy you and others, as we see Haman did with himself and his whole household who were hung on a tree. You see, this is a great moment to pause for us and all to consider if we are abusing our authority. We all have authority in some way, some form or another, whether your authority is with your family, with your children, with your wife, with your husband, with you know your friends, with your employees. We all have a level of authority. You see, real authority isn't to oppress. Are you oppressing your children? Are you oppressing your spouse or your subordinates, your subordinate co-workers or your employees? See, the proper use of power comes with gratitude. 
Christ teaches this in Luke chapter 10, verse 20, where he says, rejoice that your names are written in heaven and where he rejoiced also that God was glorifying him. Because real power, and this is something to truly remember, and we see this demonstrated throughout scripture, real power rejoices that it is in relationship and rank with the power giver not because it can boss around the subordinates. People who truly understand and are grateful for power don't abuse their authority. They instead empower others and make life better through that power that they have. Just look at Christ, our perfect example, who was constantly in prayer, thankful to God and healing and feeding and serving his subordinates with the very power that God gave him. Not one time do we see Christ use his power to subdue or bring down anyone. It never says, you know, in the Bible, you can never read where it says that he, you know, so he saw this man who didn't like him and he decided to send a bolt of lightning to destroy him. God, Christ never did that. And so even if we point to the time when Christ overturned those tables in the temple, He didn't beat anyone to kill them or or destroy them. He was destroying the works of the devil by casting out that which shouldn't have been in the temple. And you can just read that in John chapter 2, verse 13 to 16. Men, even who want their wives to submit, should take heed. Your authority should not oppress. For parents... And and mothers and fathers, your family should be happy to see you when you enter the house because they know you will use your power and authority to make their lives better. Parents, employers, leaders, people should be happy to see you because of the good of your authority. People flock to places and to people and to leadership where there is more freedom, not less, where there are more benefits, not worse, and where there is safety and not danger. People flee from places and jobs and groups that have more rules and restrictions and that is less safe and it's frightening because it speaks of how power and authority is used in that environment. But if you look at the example of Haman, we see some very interesting things. He couldn't move Mordecai because he didn't truly have authority over him. The authority of God was greater, even in that circumstance. Sometimes if you have trouble moving your wife or your kids or your subordinates or whoever, it may be that you don't have true power or that there is a power greater than you in that circumstance. And we've all seen this before. I mean, just think about your own life. Think about your own experiences. How many of us have worked for a superior or a supervisor that really had no authority given by the management? How many of us have had a fellow employee or a coworker try to tell us what to do? And we always respond in the same way that siblings and children do when their age mates try to tell them what to do. We say, you're not the boss of me. And that's really what happened. Haman couldn't move Mordecai because he didn't have jurisdiction over him. So he went back to the king, 
hoping for greater authority and jurisdiction over him. He worked to make things difficult for Mordecai right under the king's nose. But there was something he wasn't expecting. There was a jurisdiction higher than the king, and that was God, the omnipotent one. He did not calculate that Mordecai had greater jurisdiction than he did. In the end, we see Haman falling on the couch of Esther, begging for her to invoke her authority as queen. We see Haman and his whole household being destroyed because God's jurisdiction is greater. We as believers must put our faith in an unseen God who has jurisdiction over a seen world. Truly, authority requires faith. Even Mordecai warned Esther not to think to save herself under the jurisdiction of mankind, you know, as being the king's wife, rather than the jurisdiction and authority of God to intervene and change that deadly decree. And you can read that in Esther chapter 4, verse 13. So finally, If we are to have authority in Christ, the kind described in God's word, we have to maintain faith in the primacy of God in his word. This means obedience. This means knowing and practicing his word and understanding power, authority, rank, and jurisdiction. Ultimately, Haman and his family were destroyed because he sought to challenge the authority of someone he didn't know had more power and more access than he did. Mordecai had the omnipotent power of the almighty God behind him. And you know, Haman's wife put it this way. She said in Esther chapter 6, verse 13, And Haman told Zeresh his wife and all his friends everything that had befallen him, Then said his wise men and Zeresh his wife unto him, If Mordecai be of the seed of the Jews, before whom thou hast begun to fall, thou shalt not prevail against him, but shalt surely fall before him. That's Esther chapter 6 verse 13. Always keep in mind, God's power is undefeated. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you. Bye.